Well, good morning. Our uh, scripture this morning is from uh, John chapter 3, and we'll be centering our message there. I'm going to read the first, um, first nine verses, and then we'll pick it up later. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know who you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. (coughs) Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You know, there are certain words or phrases uh, that almost are guaranteed to make people really uncomfortable when they hear them, like root canal. You know, nobody likes to hear that. Or uh, IRS audits. Nobody wants to hear that otherwise. But the, the church world, we have some of those words and phrases too. For a lot of people, when you hear the word uh, evangelism, maybe it makes you feel a little bit inadequate or, or guilty or, or, or fearful. Maybe it brings to mind awkward conversations or maybe some relationships that have been strained. Uh, if you're a seeker, on the other hand, and you're not sure what you believe, but you've had people try to share their faith with you, maybe... It conjures up images of, well, they're trying to shove their beliefs down my throat or reminds you of that relative who's always, always talking about Jesus or the televangelist on TV. And, and the word evangelism, for a lot of folks, unfortunately, there's some negative connotations. But I've come to believe that, that true evangelism is, is something to be excited about. It comes from a, a, a genuine desire to share with people what you yourself have experienced. I mean, when we, we do this with other things in our lives, don't we? If we have a great experience at a restaurant or a vacation spot or, or we're excited about a game we went to or whatever, we want, we want other people to experience that. So it begins with this, uh, this genuine desire to bless people with what we've experienced ourselves. It, it begins with, uh, with seeing others as Jesus sees them, as people that are worthy of our time, our respect, our, our intent, our, our efforts. It begins with a, a sense of gratitude uh, for what God has done for us. And so today we're going to be kicking off a three-week sermon series on how to share our faith, in particular, how to, to share Jesus. And actually, we're going to flip it a little bit today. And instead, we're going to look at how Jesus shared, how Jesus shared why he came to earth, what motivated him, and what did he have to say when he has this conversation with this man named Nicodemus. So it's, it'll be helpful for us to understand what Jesus would say, but it's also important for us to understand the, Jesus, the way that Jesus would say it. Because a lot of people, they, they hear this idea of the gospel as good news, but they don't feel that way. They don't experience it as good. And so, for example, in a book called uh, Unchristian, 
David Kinnaman interviewed hundreds of young adults on their perspective and their perceptions of, of, of Christianity. And when it came to the subject of evangelism, the overwhelming response was negative. The people that he talked to felt buttonholed, bullied, and manipulated. Only about a third of them felt that the Christians who were trying to share their faith with them actually cared about them. The other two-thirds said they felt like a, you know, a project or a target. So how do we share our faith with others in a way that they experience it as good? How do we say what Jesus would say in the way that Jesus would, would say it? Let's take a look at John 3. And as we walk through this passage this morning, I'm going to offer a few principles for saying what Jesus would say in the way that he would say it. The first thing is, we learn from Jesus is to let our actions speak loudly, to speak first. The first couple of verses, we'll read them again. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus was a good man. He was deeply religious. He was well-educated. He was kind of a pillar of the community. He was looked up to. He kept the commandments. And if anybody, we would think, if anybody would know God and experience God, it would be Nicodemus. But he sees something in Jesus that's missing in his own life. He he knows that Jesus has come from God because of what Jesus has been doing by Jesus' actions. And I would submit it's not just the signs and the miracles that Jesus was performing that caught Nicodemus' attention. I would submit it was also his compassion, his kindness, the beauty of his acts, the boldness of, of, of his beliefs, how he treated people indiscriminately. There was something about Jesus that prompted Nicodemus to, to want to know more. So let me ask you a very pointed question. Is there something about your life that prompts people to want to know more? Is there something about how you live your life and treat others and something about you that prompts people to say, I I, I know that they have a relationship with God. I know there's something different. I see something in their life that I don't quite understand, something that's attractive. So is there something about our lives that prompts people to want to know more? You know, Jesus... Jesus won a hearing by the quality of his life and his works. He earned the right to be heard by virtue of his compassion, goodness, and and power. Now, he could have just, he was God. He could have just said, listen to me. But he he took the time to build relationships, to to do this through what he did and how he treated people. Now, obviously, we're not Jesus, right? We're not going to win a hearing by the people around us by turning water into wine. I was at a wedding reception last night. If, If they had run out of wine and I would have laid my hands on the water and all of a sudden red and white wine was started pouring through the spigots, I think I would have had a hearing. People would have wanted to know what I had to say. That didn't happen. I can't do that. But what we can do, what I can do is I can, I can bring joy to somebody's day by caring for them, by listening to them. I can bring joy to the day of somebody by letting them know I'm praying for them. I can provide a, a home-cooked meal, not my home-cooked, but my wife's home-cooked. I can deliver it. I can, I can be an Uber driver for my wife. I can do that. Or Uber Eats. We can, do things. We can forgive others. We can, we, can, we can treat people with respect and love and, and listen to people during the week and throughout the day. So the first thing we learn about evangelism is that it, it involves both our proclamation and our demonstration, our actions as well as our words. 
And Jesus reminds us here that evangelism is not only telling people what they need to hear, but also showing people what they need to see. And Nicodemus, he needed to see a life that was different from any other life. A life that was better. I mean, Jesus said he came to give us abundant life. If we're not living an abundant life, why would people be attracted to the the good news of Jesus Christ? Jesus lived a life that was different and better from those around him. And Nicodemus saw this. And so Nicodemus reached out to Jesus. You know, people today are not going to be won over by the fact that you go to church every Sunday or that you don't say bad words or that you're faithful to your spouse or that you always tell the truth. There may have been a time when people were impressed by things like that, but not so much anymore. They might think what you do is admirable or old-fashioned or quaint, or maybe even think you're a little bit weird. But chances are they're not going to come knocking on your door and say, tell me more about that. What will stop people in their tracks, what will make them wonder why, is the love and the grace and the forgiveness and the care and the sacrifice that comes through following Jesus. You know, sometimes, if you're like me, I can get frustrated that I don't have more opportunities outside the church walls. Sometimes people treat you differently when they know you're a pastor. Sometimes I can get frustrated I don't have more opportunities to talk to people about my faith, but maybe, maybe, it's, because, maybe it's because we're not doing the kind of things that prompt those conversations. Now, this is the second thing we learn from Jesus, which is to engage people in real conversation. What's striking about is this in this John 3 passage, you read through, it's a give and take, back and forth between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes with a question, Jesus comes with an answer, there's a comment, there's a response. And when Nicodemus comes with the question, Jesus doesn't automatically jump right to the four spiritual laws or map out the plan of salvation. He gets there eventually, but that's not where he starts. He says in verse 3, he offers a conversation starter. Look at how Jesus responds. Verse 3. Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Now, if you grew up in church, you've heard this phrase, this term, born again, a lot. And so it doesn't really strike us as anything new or shocking. But Nicodemus He'd never heard this before. This was not a term that was used in, in, in Jewish circles. He wouldn't have heard it at the synagogue. It was, con- it was a little bit confusing for him. He was curious about what it meant. He thought Jesus would talk about, you know, the commandments or knowing scripture or prayer life or offering sacrifice. But, but instead, Jesus talks about a, a new kind of life, a new way of being human, of being born again, a new creation. And Nicodemus, you can tell, it doesn't click. He doesn't get it. Because he asks, how can a man be born when he is old? So what Jesus does is, he, is he, he asks a question to keep the conversation going in a way that gets Nicodemus to think in new ways about what it means to, to know God. You know, Paul Borthwick wrote a book uh, called... Uh, Stop witnessing and start loving about a guy. And he talks about how he met a guy at the gym. They've been working out for several months and he asked him out for lunch. And he wanted to share a little bit about Jesus with him. And uh, after a bit of small talk, he just came right to the chase and he said, Hey, uh, Bill, have you ever heard the message that God loves you and offers you the gift of eternal life? And Bill said, Yeah, I'd, but could I ask you a few questions? Sure, go ahead. 
What do you mean by God? What do you mean by He loves me? And what do you mean by eternal life? And at that point, Borthwick realized that he needed to slow down. He needed to get better acquainted. He needed to listen for a while and, and find out where Bill was at spiritually and through that find out what he needed to talk about. You see, sharing our faith, sharing Jesus isn't about delivering a speech or making a sales pitch. It's about entering into a conversation with people. It's about as much listening as it is about talking, listening to them and listening to the Holy Spirit guiding you. We've done Alpha here at the church for a number of years, and one of the things I love about it is that it gives people a chance to ask questions and converse with each other and together kind of explore different topics of the faith. And Todd Hunter uh, was the former president of Alpha USA, and he says that people used to come to faith by listening. They'd hear a clear presentation of the gospel in a crusade meeting or home visit and respond. Now he finds that people come to faith by, by talking, by airing their doubts and their questions over coffee, over lunch. And he says one of the best things we can do in our culture is to listen to people, to ask questions, to converse, to have a give and take, to offer a thought or two about God and, and kind of let the Holy Spirit kind of guide them and guide their way to God, which is what Jesus does with Nicodemus. Because if you follow the rest of the conversation and you jump ahead, jump ahead to chapter 4 next, you'll see when Jesus talks to the woman at the well, it's the same sort of thing. Jesus has a conversation. He asks questions. And it's a back and forth until that individual comes to faith in him. And which is something we can all can do. We can ask questions. We can listen. And you can ask things like, hey, tell me about your religious background. Uh, tell me what you, have you, what, what's your beliefs about, about, about God? Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt close to God? What's your impression of, of church or Christianity? People are much more interested in those sorts of conversations than you might think. You know, sharing our faith the way Jesus would share it means letting our actions speak first and then engaging people in real conversation. But sooner or later, we've got to get to the message, don't we? We've got to get to the, the gospel, the good news. God's story, telling God's story. So in verse 16, we see what Jesus says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I hear Jesus saying four things here, four things he would want us to say should we have a chance to speak for him and with him and through him. First, he would want us to say something about God's love. For God so loved the world, which would have shocked Nicodemus. He knew that God loved Israelites, they were the chosen people, but God loved the Roman occupiers, God loved all the Gentiles, God loved tax collectors and sinners. It would have blown his mind. It makes no different today. A lot of people struggle with the idea, they have no idea that God loves them. They think God's either mad at them or oblivious to them. Others have heard that God loves them, but they don't know what that means or if it's really true. That's why it's so important for our words and actions to go together because many people will not be able to experience God's love until they've experienced it from another person. Someone who accepts them, accepts them, cares for them, helps them. That's why words and deeds must go together. Second, say something about Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. It's nice to know that God loves us, but... Without Jesus, 
we would be forever separated from that love. It wouldn't be possible for us to have a real relationship with God. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. He rose from death. There is no good news without Jesus. So always, always, always speak about Jesus. Share something about how he's changed your life. Share something from one of the Gospels. Encourage them to read one of the Gospels. Tell them what Jesus means to you. Thirdly, say something about life. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, Jesus said. And so tell them that eternal life isn't just life after death. It's not just fire insurance. It's, 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 a, it's a better life, an abundant life. It's the way that life is meant to be lived. Love and joy and peace and purpose and, and meaning. You know, a lot of people think that God's like this cosmic killjoy. And they think the Christian life is all about all the things they're not allowed to do. But we need to show them and tell them that life with Christ is the best kind of life available to a human being. And then finally, say something about belief. People need to know it's not about good works or knowing the right answers or going to church. It's about saying yes to God's love and life. It's about inviting Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to make you into the person that you were meant to be. And tell them how you came to believe. And if it feels right, if the Spirit's leading, then ask them if they're ready to do that. I think these are some of the things Jesus would say if he were walking among us today. He'd say something about God's love, about his sacrifice for our sins, about abundant life, and about belief in him. But since Jesus isn't here in the flesh, he's left his Holy Spirit to, be, to work in us and through us, to be Jesus' hands and feet, but also to be his voice. And so we let our actions speak. We engage people in real conversation. We tell them God's story. We just need to say what Jesus would say and, and how he would say it. And we see what happened with Nicodemus' life. We don't know how the conversation ended, but at some point it ended and Nicodemus would have left. Jesus said, let, just let him walk away. But it wasn't the end of the story because Nicodemus, in the middle of the gospel, John's gospel, he's arguing with the Pharisees to, to give Jesus a, a fair hearing. And at the end of the gospel, he shows up. He takes Jesus' body down from the cross and he prepares it for burial. It took a while for the things that Jesus said and did to sink in. But eventually, it seems, Nicodemus believed the good news and was born again. We're called to share Jesus. We're called to share Jesus. It's the good news that the world so desperately needs, the abundant life, the living water, the bread of life, a living hope. We're called to share Jesus. So let's go and do it. Let's live our lives in a way that causes people to ask questions. I want to know, I want to know more. Why can you have peace in this situation? How can you forgive this person? How, why are you willing to sacrifice this? We need to live our lives in a way that people will want to know more about this Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we're grateful for your word. We ask that you, through your Holy Spirit, would give us a heart for people. Give us um, eyes to see them as you do. Lord, give us um, courage and uh, clarity 
uh, and sensitivity to your spirits that we would know uh, just to guide our conversations with people. Lord, we thank you for the good news that you that we've responded to and we, we uh, by faith, Lord, believe that you'll work in us and through us to see others respond to that good news. So, Lord, we thank you for your, your work in our lives and we offer ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like you to stand as we respond to the